Hello, everybody. Welcome to your very favorite Bronze Age Spider-Man podcast. Here comes the Spider-Cast. I am your co-host, Michael. And as always, I'm joined by... Joshua Mervell. And today we're going to be taking a look at some kind of like random Spidey issues from the 80s. That's right. And uh, this episode, we're focusing on... Um, an issue of Power Pack, the only issue, well, Spidey has appeared in at this point, and also an issue of Quest Probe, which is a video game tie-in. And uh, right. so, because we have Power, because we're doing Power Pack, um, a friend of ours, Dustin, is also joining us. Hello, Dustin. Hey, everyone. Um, uh, thanks for having me back on the show. Absolutely. Mm. And G.I. Jolie is joining us. As always. Yep. And <laughs> Dustin, you brought a special guest along with you, didn't you? Yes, my my daughter Violet's here. Hello, my name is Violet. <laughs> Hi, Yay. Violet. Hello, Violet. Thank Hi, you Violet. for joining us. Yeah, so, we're glad to be here. Yeah. yeah so, so Violet, uh, have you read a lot of comic books before today? Um. Well, I've read. I really enjoy comic going to the comic book store every day, but I mostly <laughs> am just have collected like every MLP comic ever. And um, mm. but other than and I enjoy graphic novels, but other than that, I haven't read too many like superhero comics or anything like that. And so Violet has all the Teen Titans and all the My Little Pony comics. That's wow. amazing. Cool. We actually awesome. know a couple people who are artists on that book. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. Yep. And then we have a lot of graphic novels. So um, <laughs> a lot of the ones like um, uh, what are some examples of some of the graphic novels we have? Phoebe and her unicorn. Yeah, Phoebe and her unicorn, and a bunch of other cool. graphic novels. Lots and lots of graphic novels. Cool. Well, here's the thing about uh, superhero comics: some of them are good, some of them are bad. A lot of the ones we've been reading lately are pretty rough. But thankfully, <laughs> the first one we read today, Power Pack number six, was actually really good. I thought so, anyway. Uh, it's written by Louise Simonson, who just did the issue of Marvel Team Up we reviewed last week. And it's drawn by June Brigman. And this was a comic book conceived by Louise Simonson in the 80s. It was pitched to Jim Shooter as a book about a family of superhero kids who kept their secret identities from their parents. And Jim Shooter was hesitant about the idea, but he went for it. And it ended up lasting, I think it was something like 60 to 80 issues or something. And I'm actually surprised this hasn't been picked up for a TV show or a movie yet, because I think this concept is great. But um, we're gonna br so let's just talk briefly about the, uh, the the plot in this issue. It starts out with um, is this Dragon Man? Yeah, it starts out with a character named Dragon Man, uh, and a, and basically Dragon Man is being held hostage somewhere. We don't really know where yet, but um, we uh, we touch base with the with the Powers family. The Powers family is four brothers and sisters, each who have superpowers. They have a secret identity. They have a costume. But the parents, like we said, do not know the superheroes. They live in the Upper West Side of Manhattan in a little apartment, and you know, just like a normal family, except they all superpowers. So basically, they wake up, they go about their day, and um, they find out that um, you know, and, and the, the parents uh, are going out. I'm not sure why they're leaving. Oh, they're going to the what is it? The opera? No, uh, it's, a, it's a party for the, like the university. Mm -hmm. yeah, right, university right, 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 right. I only read this yesterday, and I already forget. So anyway, <laughs> so after they leave, they, uh, they 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 entrust the kids on their own, and they basically tell them, "Oh, you know, you have to pick up milk while we're gone." They're like, "Okay." So the two brothers are together, and the two sisters are, are together, and of course they get into mischief. So the two brothers decide that they, they want to go and uh, meet Spider-Man, or they want to go find Spider-Man. So they dig up this Halloween uh, Spider-Man mask, and they put it on and just take off and start flying through the air looking for Spidey. Because they're, cost they're wearing their costumes, but their costumes don't uh, protect their faces. Right, right. They don't conceal their identities. So they have to put like this plastic Spider-Man costume with a little elastic band uh, around it. Uh, well, anyway, Jack does to hide his face. But this is kind of a cool scene because instead of just bumping into Spider-Man, they actually see from across another building, they see Spider-Man and Cloak and Dagger interacting on top of a building. In fact, it's so close to something that we, we'd see in a Spidey comic. This might actually be one of the scenes from Spectacular, but I'm not sure. I don't think it's exact. But it's like something we've seen, right, Josh? Yeah, we've we've definitely seen Cloak and Dagger talk about um, their origin story and how they're trying to stop 
these villains from creating more super beings like them. So this could easily tie in, I think, slot in pretty much anywhere from the spectacular stories that they've they've appeared in. So right, and if they're 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 totally in character. They've got the mm-hmm. same conflict that they do from the uh, the comics, the di- from the uh, Spider-Man comics. The dialogue matches the characterization. So anyway, so then we jump over to uh, you know um, Katie and Alex flying through the air, and Katie again, and Katie and Julie. Okay, right, right, and it's Alex and Jack, right? Mm-hmm. Right, and so. Uh, so now they're flying through the air, and basically, uh, we're, we're cutting back and forth between the boys and the girls, and Spider-Man happens to uh, be at this university lecture watching a friend of his give a lecture, and just at that moment, the Dragon Man comes and smashes through, and basically chaos ensues. Spidey um, crosses paths with Jack, and they end up talking back and forth. The girls end up getting involved in the... in. Uh, this uh, fight with Dragon Man because Dragon Man has captured this professor but instead of just fighting him they end up talking to him right and sort of uh, becoming friendly with him which I thought was really cool and then um, Spider-Man tries to get Jack and Alex to sort of uh, stay out of danger but they end up following following him anyway and uh, trying to help him out Uh, Dragon Man ends up or they end up following uh, the girls end up following Dragon Man back to this church where uh, they come across this uh this gang of criminals, and I can't remember what they're trying to do. They're trying to steal something, right? Yeah, yeah. They're using Dragon Man. They, they've captured Dragon Man, and they're enslaving him. So they've kidnapped uh, the professor who created him, Spider-Man's right. um, friend, and they've used Dragon Man to capture him. And the assumption is they're going to force him to build um, more uh, servants like Dragon Man. Mm-hmm. But he ends up uh, getting away, and they because they end up helping him, right? Yeah, so uh, Julie, at, uh, the, the the girls help Dragon Man escape. Right. Julie and Katie. And then that's pretty much uh, that's pretty much the end of the story. It pretty much wraps up. the The kids all end up going back home. The parents uh, have you know are completely unaware of the adventures they've been on, and in fact, the kids don't even know that each other have been on this adventure, right? Because they never came across each other, did they? Yeah. I don't. Th- and there's a pretty um, important uh, thread left hanging, which is that uh, the girls have named Dragon Man Baby. Oh, that's right. <laughs> right. I forgot about that. And they've yep. brought him home, and they are uh, keeping him in the storage uh, unit at their uh, <laughs> at, um, in their condo building. Right. Oh, yes. Oh, it's so cool. I love this stuff. See, again, this is this would be a perfect like almost like a sitcom, right? Like this mm-hmm. is playing to a, a, a general audience. It's funny. It's it's got great characterization. So, Dustin, let's just start off with you. Uh, what was your impression of this comic, and and uh, why do you, why are you a Power Pack fan? Oh, I um, uh, so yeah, I like this comic. the The story holds together well. The I mean, the parents aren't dumb. It's really them sneaking out. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, there's a there's an age thing here that nowadays you might not leave your 13 year old in charge of his three younger siblings. Right. Um, but this is, you know, this is 1989. That's, you know, that's just normal. Mm. Um, that's the way things worked back then. So that, so one thing criticism I always have of sort of modern storytelling is there's always, the parents are always dying or there's some reason why the parents are catching them. And so far it's just been, you know, the parents are just going out and doing their jobs, um, uh, which is a really normal way to allow these kids to get into the adventure. Right. So that seems really natural. It's, uh, there's not, the exposition is all very, uh, sort of handled with a light touch so I like that yeah and I'm not sure what actually originally attracted me to Power Pack when I was a kid so I mean back in you know 1988 89 I found Power Pack number like 10 number 8 or something on the shelf and I collected um, right up from number 8 all the way till uh, it went out at whatever 60 or something Right. And in fact, I went back and found all these in the back bins. So I may have been, I think I may have found this one at like Motor City Comic Con, you know, a year later because <laughs> one through, you know, the first six or seven were hard to find. Um, just there wasn't a lot of them in, in the back bins. Right. So, and so, and so for those that don't know, the cast of this book is made up of kids aged, I think it's five to eight. I think uh, so, what? right? 
uh, the oldest, I think, is twelve or thirteen. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. so there's four oh, kids. Oh, right, right. The middle, the middle boy, or the yeah, okay, is eight. I think. Yeah, I think it goes. Uh, at this point, I think it goes like six, eight, ten, twelve, or something like that. Right. For okay. the four kids. And so, Violet, how old are you then? Um, I'm eleven. You're eleven. So is so. This is probably one of the first times you've read a superhero comic with characters that are about the same age as you. Then, right? Okay, so what did you think of this story? Oh, I really liked the story. It there it wasn't like crazy like intense, it was just but it was nice and I liked Dragon Man. But I was curious if Dragon Man has that is that been a character that's ever came up before or is he just new to this comic? That's a good question. I know he's been in other comics. Uh, we didn't come across him yet, did we, Josh? Um, I don't think we've come across him here yet, but I think that this is a character from before that we have seen before. Yeah, Spider-Man knew him. Oh, right. you know what? I, I'm so embarrassed to say he's actually from the 1960s, Fantastic Four. He was created mm-hmm. by Stanley and Jack Kirby, and I completely forgot about that. But yeah, he has been around for a while. So, yeah. and he probably came back again after this. Yeah, in fact, I think he's up into the comics. He's in the comics up until recently, so he's definitely been around. Yeah, it, it, Spider-Man, Spider-Man knew who um, Dragon Man was and knew who his creator was. Right. So there is definitely a history there. And the thing is, is I've read a lot of Louise Simonson comics, but I thought this story w- was actually better than average for her. And all the power packs I've read are really good. And I also really like the art. Uh, Violet, what did you think of the artwork in this comic book? I like the artwork a lot. Uh, the Sometimes the colors, um, because would be a tiny bit hard to read, because mm-hmm. they were, there wasn't a huge, like, they would not have enough like difference between different objects. But most mm-hmm. of the time, it was good and the, and it was really nice. Uh, so Vat and I had discussed it, and she was thinking that sort of it, it was a side effect of the '80s or, or late '80s, early '90s comic book printing that the color contrast isn't as vibrant as she's used to nowadays. Mm. Right, right. And I think this is this is just a scan of an actual comic book. So you're, it's almost like, you know, you're not seeing any restoration with a computer or anything. That's why it looks exactly like a newsprint page. Although you guys read the original, right? No, no, I couldn't find the original. Oh, that's right, uh, that's the, the, right. The, the okay. original's in storage. I still have oh, right. it, but it's in storage. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay, so uh, so G.I. Jolie, is this the first issue of Power Pack you've ever read? Uh, no, I read one of the modern ones, maybe, okay. like, <laughs> when they first came out, and I didn't really... I've, I've always been curious about the Power Pack, but I've, um, but I've never known a lot about them. So I guess you could say this is technically the second Power Pack book I've read, but it feels like the first. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what was your impression? Well, I loved it. It was mm-hmm. fun. Um, it, it, <laughs> there was a lot going on because there's so many people involved in the story. Um, it was hard to follow at times, but once you kind of you kind of get it, um, the boys are together and the girls are together, and they they kind of have um, you know they're they're two different plot lines that follow along each other. It's not. It wasn't overcomplicated, and. It was just like fun, <laughs> right? Right. It just lends it just lends to that theory that Mike Dell has that you know, nineteen eighties was the best time for Marvel comics, and I think he might be right. Like it's it, well, we did granted we've read some bad ones, but uh, uh, <laughs> Joshua Marvel, what did you think of this issue? This was so fun. Um, yep. Like like everybody else has said, I think the characters are really sweet and like it's like a nice heartwarming story even though they're like flying around new york city chasing after spider-man or or you know dragon man they're they're still kids and they're still out having fun mm-hmm. um uh, i i really like the aspect with the girls and dragon man it feels kind of like a harry and the hendersons type of vibe right. where they're gonna have to like hide this giant creature from uh, their parents and the rest of the world and I think I'm actually going to go back and read the rest of these because this is oh, super yes. fun me yeah. too me too and the thing is is Louise Simonson I've read a lot of her X Factor and New Mutants she does tend to be a little wordy but I thought the dialogue in here was great like one of my favorite scenes is when um, is when Katie and uh, Julie are flying and Katie's on Julie's back 
And, she, and Julie's like, Katie, hold on, you might fall. That's okay, Julie. With your light speed powers, you can fly so fast that you could catch me easy, right? Well, I try, but I'm getting pretty tired. What if I missed? Oh. <laughs> you know, it's just <laughs> moments like that are great. I, I love that stuff. Uh, the character, it's like, Louise Simonson has written some great comics, but this is where I think she's the most comfortable, is she's really good at writing kids. She did the same thing in X Factor with the, um, with like Arch and, uh, Artie and Leech. Uh, she, she wrote some good kid characters in her Superman run, so I think this is really her forte. And June Brigman's art is excellent, and the reason that she was apparently hired is because she was one of the only artists working that could draw kids convincingly. Everyone hmm. else, they just like short, they just look like short adults, you know? Right. Um, you know, so... Um, and also, I want to ask you, Violet, what did you think of the costume designs for these uh, for these kids? Did you think they were cool? Uh, they were, um, I found that the girls' costumes weren't incredibly exciting. But okay. I really liked um, the G, I think he's called. Yeah, G for yeah. Um, yeah, I found G's costume was really cool. Okay, cool. What did you guys... Oh, go ahead, uh, Dustin. And I think part of that is is actually how they show his um, powers, because it starts um, sort of doing a pixelation sort of thing as his gravity power takes effect. Mm-hmm. Right. That has a right. Effect. That cool. Yeah. Uh, Julie, what did you think of the art by June Brinkman? Oh, um, it was okay. <laughs> oh, okay. I, yeah, I like. I mean, it, it looked like a comic book. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like. Um, I mean, they looked exactly like I would... Ex- you know when you, you pick up a comic book and you don't expect to be... You just expect to read right. and be entertained and that's it? That's exactly what happened. Like, it, it wasn't... It didn't... Um, there wasn't thing. There weren't things that were so outrageous or spectacular or too experimental that it took you out of the story. Right. And it was just... It just had the ability to let my brain have fun. Sure. Yeah, because it's not, <clears throat> I mean, 50% of the book, or f- not 50%, but a, a certain percentage of, of comic books is about the art, but sometimes I don't want to think about the art. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I really just want to go on an adventure hiding a dragon man in the basement with two mm-hmm. girls. Sure. <laughs> right? And, and I th- I think that uh, the art being like simple and serviceable actually lends itself to that story. And right. it makes the story feel a little a little bit more lighter, like there's nothing too intense happening, um, right, right. like plot wise. So it's kind of nice to also not have anything too intense art wise. I think that, um, I think it's a uh, it's pretty good all around. Yeah, yeah. I would definitely say that the art is in service of the story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny because um, I. I, I agree with everything you say, but the opening splash page is actually pretty remarkable of the Dragon Man. That's a really mm-hmm. good shot. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I definitely it's it's definitely clear and clean and nice. And again, there's there's no parts where I'm confused. There's no parts where I'm tripping over the story. So overall, I thought this was really good, and I would definitely recommend it. Uh, Dustin, would you? I assume you would recommend this issue of Power Pack, right? Yep, definitely. All right, Violet, would you recommend this comic to your friends? Uh, I would, but I would probably recommend that they first read, like, the first issue so they would know what's happening better. Okay, good call, good call. Uh, Gia, Julie, would you recommend this? Yes, I would. Um, especially, yeah, for people who just kind of need to get, um, get something else in their systems. (laughs) Right, right. Uh, and Josh, what about you? Yes, definitely would recommend yeah, mm-hmm. and like yeah. you, Josh, I am absolutely going to read this whole series. I've always loved this concept, but the more I read of it, the better it gets. So I'm definitely reading more. Yeah, before we move on, though, I do want to point out that it was a television show in 1991. What? What? Yeah. How did we not it, know this? <laughs> it was a TV show called. It was a TV show called Power Pack, and it debuted in August of 1991. What? The com- Poser was Danny Elfman. Whoa. What? Yeah. I'm looking yeah. this up right now. Wait, how come we didn't know about this? And it aired on Fox. So they, let's see, there's there's a history. So they created a pilot that was uh, for NBC's uh, Saturday Morning Kids Block, uh, and they didn't like it. And uh-huh. they decided that they weren't going to air it, but Fox picked it up because Fox picks up everything. Right. <laughs> and they broadcast it as part of Fox's Saturday morning 
but they only would broadcast infrequently just that pilot episode mm. and then they called for an entire series but so the- there is for fox kids so there is a series and we need to be watching it what <laughs> How yeah. did I not? How did my whole life go by? And I didn't know about this. <laughs> this is crazy. I mean, it was only 18, 19 years ago. Still. 20 years ago. But I mean, Wait, like. 30. I was, yeah, I was like keeping up on things. I'm surprised this passed me by. Anyway. It, it's actually ringing a bell. I think I remember being frustrated being not able to actually watch it. I don't know if our local Fox affiliate carried it. I had this wow because I was collecting Power Pack at the time, and I remember just vaguely trying to watch it and not being able to. Wow! Mm. You okay. mean Fox Two Detroit let you down? Shame. <laughs> uh, no, that would have been Fox Fifty. Remember that oh. was when Fox was still on uh, UHF in yes, uh, yes, in Detroit. Right, right, right. Oh my God! <laughs> I think I could where where I lived in Huron County. I think we picked it up. We were able to pick it up on the antenna. Yeah. But it was wow. like, you know, blurry. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, now I know what I'm doing tonight. But anyway, um, so Josh, we are now going to move on to a, a a very rare thing. Well, at least at this time, a video game tie-in called Quest Probe. Right. Uh, featuring the Hulk, Spidey, and the Fantastic Four. And Josh, you can take and it from here. Yeah, this is actually the only... Um, video game tie-in that's canon in earth 616 mm-hmm. um it started back in the 80s uh marvel was really trying to like license their stuff out for merchandise and they wanted to get into the home pc video games so they went to one of the larger ones at the time which was adventure international and they made um well they had planned to make 12 text-based action-adventure games uh, for the home PC. Hmm. And they actually only got through three of them when Adventure International uh, filed for bankruptcy. So they never got to finish the rest of them. And there were supposed to be 12 tie-in comics to go along with the action-adventure games, but they only made three because um, the comics were canceled along with the video games. So Uh, they actually went back later on and like the next one was supposed to be X-Men. So, so, um, they, and they already had that comic started. So they ended up releasing it in uncanny, I believe it was. And then afterwards they picked up this, uh, story later on in the eighties, I think 89 or maybe possibly even 1990 in Quasar. What? Yeah. Really? So, so this, yeah, this story actually um, finishes off in the Quasar uh, Come comic on. book. Yeah. Well, uh, now I have an excuse to read Quasar. Okay. Yeah, good. <laughs> yeah another excuse. <laughs> Restart the podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so tell us what happens in this uh, series here. So, uh, yeah, we start off it, in um, issue number one of Quest Probe. We have, uh, it, it's, it's featuring the Incredible Hulk, which is the first tie in video game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are, uh, <laughs> we see this uh, planet called Scatum, which is <laughs> lovingly named after the uh, writer and creator of both the comic and the video game, Scott Adams. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and uh, they're pretty much they're all of these like uh, uh, people that live on this planet. They're sitting around this monitor and they're seeing this, uh, this fleet of ships called the Black Fleet uh, fly towards their planet in the solar system and they know that these pirates are going to come and destroy everybody but they vowed because this planet is um, like completely peaceful that they won't fight back and the only one who decides to stand up and do anything about it is um, this alien named Durgan the Philosopher so he <laughs> takes it upon himself to send a robot type of character uh, mm-hmm. to Earth named Chief Examiner to mm-hmm. go and scan and um, collect information about different superheroes from Earth. That way they can, uh, that way Chief Examiner can return with that information. And we don't see what happens in the, uh, 
uh, uh, quest probe comic, but later on we find out in Quasar that they use all this information from the twelve superheroes they were supposed he was supposed to uh, collect data on to create a giant one hundred foot robot that combined all of their superpowers together <laughs> to fight the Black Fleet. Wow! <laughs> yeah, okay. awesome. So pretty much the quest probe comics. Um, is uh, the chief examiner going to Earth, and in each issue, he goes to a, uh, a different superhero and scans them, and um, the video game itself actually takes place while the character, the superhero, is being scanned. So it's... Ah, uh, gotcha, gotcha. So, okay. so the Quest Probe video game is like the scanning, and it's like testing the abilities of that superhero. Gotcha. Okay. In the video game, so it was made to this. This was made to be read alongside playing the video game. Sure. Wow, that's so, why the video game was so enthralling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely going to touch on the video game later on. For um, sure. We're not going to talk much about number one. I'll just say that it reminded me a lot of, you know, whenever Marvel does a tie-in with a toy or a TV show or video game, it always has a certain vibe to it. I, and the fact that they had to make this video game work in a comic book story, I think, is the most fascinating part about it. And, it, of course, it reminded me of Transformers number 1, which happened to be written by the same guy, Bill Mantlo. And mm -hmm. so, uh, number 1, again, not a masterpiece, but I definitely enjoyed the way that they so clever... Cleveringly? No, cleverly. Cleverly. Cleverly, <laughs> cleverly made this video game into a comic book. I thought it was really cool. But, um... But yeah, we're going to talk about the second issue, which mm -hmm. is with Spidey, right? Yes. So why don't you tell us what happens in the Spidey uh, issue? Okay, so um, we we saw in the first issue that um, the chief examiner looks a lot like Mysterio. Mm -hmm. And it just so happens uh, Mysterio is escaping prison at the exact same time as the examiner is going to try to scan Spider-Man. So... <laughs> Um, we kind of get this mix-up where Spider-Man is fighting uh, Mysterio, who has held, um, who's like, who's like held up the Daily Bugle and has holding everybody there hostage to get in contact with Spider-Man. Um, so he's fighting off Mysterio there while uh, the Chief Examiner is there trying to get Peter Parker or Spider-Man to jump through the portal so he can scan him. So it's kind of like a funny mix-up between the two. Spider-Man ends up accidentally jumping through the portal and is scanned, and Chief Examiner just kind of leaves after that, um, and Spider-Man defeats Mysterio. Uh, and then there is also this kind of weird subplot going on um, alongside the story in space on that planet Scatum, right. where... Um, the Black Fleet is getting closer and closer and they're watching kind of destroy these planets. Mm -hmm. um, and we kind of get this weird backstory with the Biogem. Right, mm -hmm. right, um, right. It's really kind of confusing and weird, but I guess there's this thing called the Biogem. And I don't remember if it was in this comic or if if I read this on the wiki page, confused as to what the Biogem was, but it was this like giant gem that is sentient and hellbent on destroying like life Organic and life. right so uh it was destroyed and these shards were kind of scattered everywhere and to protect people from these uh these biogems they were put next to these um these eggs i can't rem remember what exactly what the eggs were called but it's it's pretty much much like a security system that way if anything happens to the gem or if it moves the egg will explode and destroy the gem mm -hmm. a matter energy egg matter energy egg the most uh -huh. ridiculous thing <laughs> a new egg was in the title yeah it was some sort of egg um so yeah that's pretty much what happens in this issue um it's very strange. It's a very weird comic. Yes. Uh, I actually thought the first one was better written, personally. Yes. Yeah, uh, We I should agree. point out this one was written by Al Milgram, who does Spectacular Spider-Man, which we have very mixed feelings about. Right. But um, Scott Adams and John Byrne did create the story. Okay. Um, 
and like, like the premise yeah the premise right so they didn't write the actual dialogue but they wrote the script i guess okay. like the like what's supposed to happen okay. um yeah and and scott byrne is uh scott sorry yeah yes uh, john byrne and scott adams uh were the creators for and like writers for the video game and these uh comics and we're supposed to be on for the entire run of this gotcha comic yeah okay so <laughs> dustin what did you think of quest probe did you read all three issues or just the spidey one uh just um just the first two actually i haven't i haven't followed up with the fantastic four yet well hey the night is young but anyway <laughs> uh yeah so what did you think what do you think of this premise so there, uh, there's a couple things <laughs> um, so first of all, the whole um, so far there, the the are they called soul gems and uh, matter eggs, bio gems, bio gems, and, yeah, and matter eggs. The story is completely disconnected. I mean, it's <laughs> happening beside mm. the other two stories. So there's mm-hmm. three stories. There's the bio gem story, which is completely disconnected. It's happening beside things, but it doesn't make any sense. Um, and then there's the the sort of uh, black fleet in this planet, and uh, there's that storyline with the, the the person who looks like Mysterio coming back to gather mm-hmm. the powers. Mm-hmm. That one makes sense. <laughs> and then there's Spidey's, which is pretty straightforward. Spidey's story makes sense, um, uh, but they're all happening at the same time, which is um, definitely not. <laughs> Um, and easy to follow and the amount of exposition is a bit painful yeah mm-hmm. uh, apparently the reason why the bio gems are in the story is because uh, when you play the quest pro video game you're going around collecting gems yeah I figured it was just so I yeah I think it was just a weird way to tie it in and later on you were going to find out that the gems were more connected to the larger story because I think the Black Fleet is using the gems. But why yeah. they're scattered on Earth, like where Spider Man and Hulk is, I have no idea. Right. <laughs> like they're just kind of there. Yeah, why uh, are they in why are they in the um Daily Bugle offices? Yeah. One <laughs> of the bio gems? Why is that there? I don't know. Um so okay, so uh Violet, have you do you play a lot of video games, Violet? Uh Yes and no. I have did not, but I've been very interested in them. I okay. recently got a Nintendo Switch, so it's went from like barely any video games to like a ton of them. Welcome <laughs> to the club. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this is probably unlike any video game you've ever played, and I've seen. I I tried to figure out how to play it. Of course, I couldn't. <laughs> but uh, I can barely play Pong. But anyway, um, did you enjoy this comic, uh, Quest Probe, Violet? Oh, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, what I thought was that the um, over like story of like Spider-Man getting confused about like the two different people looking really similar mm-hmm. and um, the gems and all that was very interesting, and the dialogue was painful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we 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 have to agree. There would be, um, there was one time where I actually remember they, um, there was a picture of the Biogem doing a thing, a description of what the Biogem was doing, and the beforehand, like, back, backing up, like, that was all, that was, it was already obvious what the Biogem was doing, and then there was a long and grueling explanation of what the Biogem was doing. Right, so right. So I felt like I was... Set up, shown, shown, and then told. <laughs> yes, that that is the biggest criticism of like comic books from this time. You're right; is the dialogue and the description and the picture all tell the same thing. So that's yes. definitely a weakness with '80s comics for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and one more thing, um, we've talked about this artist a lot, but uh, Violet, what did you think of the artist in this comic? Ah, uh, I was. I like. Was know. it? I, did you think it was better or worse than the Power Pack comic? I did not notice a huge difference, honestly. Okay. It just both looked like comic book art. Okay, okay. But there were a lot less shadows in this one than the other one had. The other okay. one had a lot of shadows. Mm-hmm. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. 
Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Mm-hmm. I actually didn't mind the art in this. It's by Al Milgram and Jim Mooney, and I thought it was serviceable. The story was confusing. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But uh, G.I. Julie, what'd you think of this comic? Oh boy, was this ever um, like Dustin and Violet? I <laughs> only read the first two mm-hmm. uh, because I think after this, I don't know that I could have taken much more. <laughs> Right, right, right. But now that I know that the third issue is Fantastic Four, I might, I might, you know, mm-hmm. I might revisit. But, um, yeah, I mean, I like science fiction a lot. And to have it not done well is painful. Mm-hmm. As Violet said, painful. Um, and this is, this, this story was super painful. Yeah. <laughs> Uh yeah, it I was did. not. It was not great, but it wasn't. Um, it wasn't terrible. The art. Oh, do you know what? The art was not great either. Um, it's the anatomy was not clean mm-hmm. in a lot of the spots, um, and that was really distracting for me. Um, but other than that, particularly like Spider Man. There's a lot of Spider Man where the art, the penciler is trying to put him in a dynamic pose. Yeah. but can't pull off pull it off. Right, right. He's there's a yeah, lot just, of weird elbows and weird knees. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, and yeah. I don't know that it if it was um like if the poses were a victim of poor like who, someone who you know the penciler who didn't know um anatomy well enough, or if it was the inker who couldn't interpret the lines in the penciling and kind of messed up the inking. Good question. I mean, I know I I know that Jim Mooney is a good artist, and I know that Al Milgram's not a good artist. So I'm going to blame Al Milgram. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say I I, I did uh, enjoy, and I usually do enjoy Jim Mooney's inking. So I think mm-hmm. that that saved a lot of the anatomy in in certain parts. But yeah, I'm, I think it's serviceable. I think that just like with Power Pack, this. Um, art kind of lends itself to the story like it's cheesy mm-hmm. and it's just like comic book sci-fi nonsense which mm-hmm. can kind of be fun like I I did not enjoy the power gem stuff or the mm-hmm. or the po- power eggs and the bio gems but, but the stuff with um, the chief examiner and Spider-Man and Mysterio kind of getting mixed up it's it, it was fun yeah I, I think it's a kind of that classic maybe corny at times comic book and there's See, some I, good stuff here i thought the mix-up was my least favorite part i mean it's funny in like a, a sitcom kind of way but i really thought it was forced like the fact that spider-man would mix up those two to me is ridiculous but whatever i mean i didn't i mean i also enjoyed the the cameo by ace fraley you know like this one guy what's his name um the one, the one dissenting uh, guy from this alien race. I can't remember his name, but he looks oh. exactly like Ace Frehley, but with yellow and purple instead of black and white makeup. The the chief examiner, or no, not the chief. Um, no, uh, Durgan, the Is philosopher. It Durgan? No, it's it's Durgan's. It's, not, uh, it's yeah, like it's, Durgan's um, oh, like student. Right, right, right. right. I see. Yes, I, okay. I like that. Uh, yeah, like all that stuff is just innocent. It's fun. I like all that stuff, but I actually thought the Spidey stuff was off. Uh, so definitely a mixed bag. Uh, I like I said, I actually thought the Hulk issue was kind of better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think so too. Yeah, oh I, no, it was totally better. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I did read the third one. Yes, yeah, so uh, I. Go ahead. I thought it was the worst of the three. <laughs> yeah, I. Oh, it was in not a way. Good. In a way, you know what yeah. though? It was by David Michelinie, who I usually like, and the inks were by Joe Sinnott, so that's good. The I don't know. The art was good. It's the just art was the good, story. Yeah. yeah, the story in the third one was the most forced, oh maybe. God. It was confusing. Nothing really happened. Right. Like, they just they just scan uh, human torch in the thing. Oh, right. Like, <laughs> there, there's really no conflict besides that. They're kind of just fighting 
uh, chief examiner trying not to get scanned. The thing is still on Battle World too, so he's kind of going through this like fun house of mirrors type of like building while right. while the chief examiner is like chasing after him. So it was just weird. Well, there's a double double layer of confusion there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm I'm only hearing that explanation and I'm already confused. Yeah, it's re- <laughs> it is really confusing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> two uh, two things about the the Spider-Man one mm-hmm. that uh, mm-hmm. that are kind of got to me. <laughs> one is how much trouble. Spider-Man has dealing with Mysterio special effects before <laughs> yeah. he goes through and gets scanned, and he's really struggling. And then he gets uh, scanned, and he's like, "Wow, okay, I'm done." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the fact that he he was able to slap some spider prosthetics onto his face and hands, and he Spider-Man thought he was transforming, mm. is ridiculous. Yeah, and so there's so much difficulty before, but as soon as he gets scanned, it's like, okay, well, we'll, we'll finish up, okay, and then he just slaps him and it's done. Right, yeah. See, that's, I, a, that, that's a case where the movie did Mysterio better, right? Like, the movie figured mm. out how to make him work, I thought, but anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the other thing I found interesting is the hardcore um, uh, uh, product placement for Indiana Jones and the Temple of the doom see the movie and read the marvel comic yeah as, like spider-man swinging by an advertisement <laughs> yeah. like oh i bet you that movie has um great special effects mm-hmm. i should go see that uh, <laughs> yeah. spider-man come on shameless shameless <laughs> yeah. heard nothing but good things <laughs> so this uh this is based off of a video game i, I pretty much explained everything um but uh, yeah, the the video games are based off of those like small moments where uh, the superheroes are being scanned. Okay, and it's kind of like them being tested um, and like testing their strength just in that like split second of them jumping through the portal. Sure. So it kind of connects, but not really. Um, originally, they were planning, like I said before, twelve different um, stories. And then in the last one, there was going to be a 13th one where um, you do combine all the superheroes together into uh, the chief exterminator, which is huh. the uh, the giant 100-foot robot that um, combines the powers of Spider-Man, Human Torch, Thing, Wolverine, Submariner, and then a, uh, six, other, five, six or seven other... Uh, heroes that chief examiner was supposed to scan and after each video game there was a code that was given once you beat each video game and then at the end you were supposed to take all 12 of those codes and put them into the last video game to unlock something so like you were actually supposed to go play all the other ones before playing the last one So they were all supposed to connect, and then it was all supposed to connect to that last issue of Quest Probe, the comic, as well. So it got canceled because the video game failed. No, it's not... Well, I I suppose so. Yeah, the the video game company filed for bankruptcy. Yeah. Okay, okay, Yeah. okay. And G.I. Julie and Josh, you have both played the video game. A little bit, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Julie, what's your take on the video game? Is it good? Is it fun? Is it playable? Ugh, is it playable? That's a matter of opinion. <laughs> well, not really. Can you play it? Yes. Is it frustrating? A hundred percent. And because mostly I found myself the the main like sort of mechanic or quote engine that is it's just text based, right? Mm-hmm. So um, you. It's like that one game, the Frontier game, where you're like, um, you have to type in the, a command. So you start off in a hallway, and it's like, there. Are f- he tells you, Spider-Man tells you there are four directions, north, south, east, and west, and you, you're, the hallway has doors. And you, you, tell, you tell Spidey, you type, go west, go south, go whatever cardinal direction. And... No matter what direction we went in, no matter what direction I went in, there was nothing for me. And a few times I exploded. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> yeah. So it was needless to say, I figured out how to open the elevator door in the lobby, and that's as far as I could get without just giving up. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I believe the exploding aspect was the egg. Yep. So with those the, eggs guarding the gem that you're supposed to the gems that you're supposed to collect. Yeah, so you get into the room, and usually what I do, because I'm, like, even when I play d and I'm always looking for stuff. So it's mm-hmm. like, I always search first. So I was like, search room, and it's like, oh, the egg is throbbing, it explodes, you die. Yeah, it's it's very strange. <laughs> it, yeah, it's kind of jumping off the D&D analogy. It feels <laughs> like when you're playing with a stubborn DM who has, like, a specific... Uh, solution for a puzzle yeah. and the players just aren't getting it and the DM isn't giving you enough information to solve that puzzle. Mm-hmm. It's like there, we, there's obviously something specific you have to type in but it's theoretically an infinite amount of things that you can type in because it's a text-based action-adventure game where, right. where you just type in a sentence and have Spider-Man do something. And um, this Apparently, this one, uh, Spider-Man was one of the first text-based video games to have full sentences. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the reason that The Incredible Hulk got a, uh, a Quest Pro video game first was because the creator, Scott Adams, really loved Spider-Man and wanted to do him justice. And mm-hmm. the technology for full sentences was, wasn't available yet. So for the Incredible Hulk, you can actually only type in two words for the command uh, at a time, like Hulk Smash or something. Hulk right? Smash um, to turn into the Hulk from Bruce Banner to Hulk, you had to type in Bite Lip. <laughs> what? Why yeah. That? Well, because it, 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 it would make him angry. Know that? I would assume that the video game, like the, the floppy disk, came with a manual to start you off. But because we were playing an emulator online that wasn't available right away, so we just jumped in and started typing sentences in, wow. <laughs> not knowing what the heck was going on. So yeah. I, I do I do believe that's probably uh, why we had such a tough time trying to play the game. It's because we didn't have all of the available information. We just got the game and jumped in. Uh-huh. So... Uh- Dustin, I did send you a link. Did you see that? Um, yeah, so we tried. Uh, Vlad <laughs> and I were just trying to open it up, and it's not. Um, it's a little rough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it may beep at you as though it's shrieking. Yeah, it will scream. <laughs> so seeing that link, Violet, does that make you want to play that video game? Uh, I kind of want to try it just to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Violet's I, a big fan of retro video games. So am I. But, yeah. But I think the reason for that is that she's um, experienced survivor bias, where she's <laughs> played a bunch of games that have made it through to these days because they're good. Right. Um, this game, uh, I don't think, <laughs> really survived for that reason. Right. right. <laughs> I still want to like see it. So next up, E.T. There you go. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, no. No, so, I can't suggest that for anybody. Mm-hmm. So, Julie, would you say there's a good reason that this company filed for bankruptcy? <laughs> well, I mean, if it wasn't because of this game, mm-hmm. um, like maybe a marriage fell apart. Who knows? I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, then it, if it wasn't because of this game, then I'm surprised. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, I'm not video game savvy at all. But, I mean, hey, I used to play Qbert. I used to play Mega Man and all, whatever, Asteroids, and I could not figure out how to play this game. But what is the what is the name for this kind of game, Josh? Again, you were explaining it. Uh, it's a uh, text-based action-adventure. So yeah. you're not moving the character around with arrows or a controller. What you do is you type in actions that you want the character to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not my thing. I just like I like Pac-Man and stuff like that. That's my thing. What's your favorite yeah. video game that you've ever played, Violet? Uh, Mario Odyssey. Oh, me too. Oh, so I've, good. I've played one text-based adventure game. Oh yeah. And they're fun, but uh, if they're done right, they can right. be fun, but annoying sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because 
You just don't know what to say. Yeah, the commands are impossible to guess. I, yeah. I've, always, I've always been... It, it seems like a mystery to me for the people who play these games. How do you guess? Because I'm always like, go forward, and it's like you fall down a hole. And then, right. and then I'm like, whoa, 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 what am I supposed to do? Yeah. I, just, I, even, even when I want to do it, it, it never... I, I usually tell the game to do something. I must have like a weird way of ty- of phrasing things because it always is like, nope, I don't know what you're doing, and then you fall down a hole. It, and <laughs> and sometimes the things that you do that seem to make sense like will screw you over, and, and you'll have to like restart or like you'll mm-hmm. die or something. It's kind of like a uh, a choose your own adventure book where it's like some of the options that you're given. Um, seem like the right thing to do but then you have to restart afterwards and then the story ends after the the choice that you made and you've got to replay from a certain point yeah or in this in the case of this one it's exactly like the the choice where no matter what you pick you die or the outcome is terrible for both and the story ends did you ever get those choose your own adventures where one like no matter what fork you took you were done. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the worst part about the video game is it wouldn't let me drink Hydro Man. <laughs> Boo. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so to wrap up this episode, I could say we obviously we both, we all recommended Power Pack. Mm-hmm. Quest Probe, uh, tread lightly. You know, it's it's a good, you know, it's an artifact, right? It's, it's a fun artifact, but not a great comic. Yeah. If you're interested in the video game itself or possibly the history of it i think it's fun um maybe it it might be good to come back and read the first issue to get context if you're reading the larger story in quasar but other than that i don't think i would recommend this one and just um, for anyone that know, wants to know, it, it actually continues in Marvel Fanfare number 33. That's where they published right. the X-Men story. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yep. And then it goes to Quasar 35 to 41. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, G.I. Julie, are you going to read more Quest Pro? Oh, I, think Vi- I think Violet had something oh, to say. Sorry. Yeah, I heard, um, I heard a squeak. Yeah. I would just like to say, if you for Quest Pro, I would say that if you want to read it, um, you should like, don't, ju- like, just take it as a, little funny thing and don't really pay attention to the dialogue <laughs> good point we're a good great. idea i like that suggestion in fact don't bother reading the dialogue just kind of scroll through it the pictures yeah. kind of tell their own story very well <laughs> violet had a good time mainly talking smack about it oh man violet are you looking for a job do you want to be one of the co-hosts for the show because yes. that's pretty do much what we to- do on the show too <laughs> Take over reviewing Marvel team up for Josh. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, has anyone not recommended or yet? I don't. I've lost track. Yeah, Josh, I'm the same. <laughs> yeah, Dustin? I think. Okay, yeah. yeah. I'm the same. I don't. I don't recommend it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're reading it for kitsch value. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, okay, so that wraps up this week's episode. We want definitely want to thank Dustin and Violet for joining us. We'd love to have you back on again. Oh, thanks a lot. We had a good yeah. time. Yeah, we would love mm-hmm. to, too. Oh, that's, that'd be great. And we want to thank G.I. Jolie for joining us. Oh, you're very welcome. All right. and uh, As always, I will read what you hand to me. That's right. Uh, and, uh, and Josh, you can take it from here. Yeah, we also want to thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Uh, it really helps when you leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts or drop us a line on Twitter at, at @hctspidercast. Uh, please let us know what you guys think about the comics we're reading and the episodes themselves. Uh, We want to keep that comic conversation going. That's right. So until next Monday, this has been Here Comes the Spider Cast. All right. See you then. Mm -hmm.